Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Happy New Year to everybody. Amen. And also happy Sunday. Hallelujah. Let, let us just take this song and then we'll enter the sermon. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, your name is to be to this brand new month, unto a month where no one has stepped foot on, unto a month where no one really knows the future. We give thanks unto the Lord for giving us the grace to be here once again, for giving us the grace to be alive in his presence. We thank you because we are not among those that have been numbered among the dead. Let us give thanks unto him. Let us give thanks unto him. The Lord has been going on recently and Lord is preserving you. The Lord has been what has kept you up until this moment. We keep on hearing different stories around whether in this country or even abroad but god god deeply feel that you'll be here today in good health in perfect mind without a, without very very little without, without without so much care so let's give thanks unto lord for him making this possible for him making this possible for him making this possible father we thank you jesus we thank you jesus we truly and we truly thank you for our glory that and our coming here father we thank you oh lord we thank you Father, we thank you. 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 Hallelujah. On Friday, as I was coming to, to as I was coming to Ibadan, I got to Iwo Road. I little did I know that something was about to go on in Iwo Road. I just got out and when I got out I was just feeling uneasy I was like what's going on then I saw that people were trying to something, something was about to was about to come up and I was looking for a bus I was looking for for a car but I could not find any so I was just going 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 and I wanted to take transport and the driver was like ah okay but we're looking so eventually I I found the cab and that was how I got to UI I was when I now go to school and I heard that something happened at the Wood. Then my parents were now calling me like, ah, where are you? I said that, I'm already in school. And I said that, did you hear of anything that happened? I said, what happened? So what if I was there? What if, what if I didn't, what if I didn't come, what if I did not enter school at that moment in time? Maybe I've gotten stuck. Hallelujah. It, it plans our steps, it, 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 it directs our paths. Even when, they're not the kind of person that will go ahead of you when there is danger. And you know that anything happened. Pastor David once said that he, he had an experience with a demon. He was sleeping and something happened to the demon. Something happened to him. So when he, when he recovered from that experience, the Lord said that I made you pass through this thing so that you understand how it feels when I fight battles that you don't win. That I, fight, I fight battles that you're not even involved in. Many times the Lord does things for us that we don't even know what happened. The Lord can fight somebody. The Lord can address an issue. And you just step in there. I never know that something even happened at all. So we give thanks unto the Lord for making it happen. The ambassador is the one that will go, in, will, will go ahead of you and you still come back and finish the task with you. So let's give thanks unto the Lord for preserving our lives. Let's give thanks unto him for the battles that he fights for us, even when, even when we're not aware of it. For the battles that he fights for us, even when we're not aware of, aware of it. For the paths that are clear ahead of us. He deserves the thanks. It deserves the praise. It deserves the thanks. It deserves the praise. So let's give thanks unto him. Let us give him the glory. Let us give him the honor. Because he is deserving of it. He is so mindful of us. He will not let 
the Bible says that, that when that if, a, if a single if a single shot of your head should fall off your head, he knows when it happens. He knows when it happens. And it's so detailed and intentional to the fact to the point that when any spouse should perish, if any spouse should, should die by cause or by design, he is aware of it. So how much more you? How much more you that you are passing through the university and you are you are, you are stressed, you are you are tired. You are, you are you are disturbed because of the exams that you have been facing. He knows of it all. He knows of it all. And yet he keeps he, he gives you sound mind. He has not allowed you to any kind of badness from your family. He has not allowed you to, to be involved in any kind of negative situation concerning your friends. He keeps you food to eat. He gives you water to drink. So that you don't have to bother all those things. Let's give him the glory. Let's give him the glory. Let's give him the glory. Some of us now, we're even broke today because none of them want us to start thinking of getting new notes. Some of us. So he's one that is actually protecting us in that situation. So let's give him the glory. Let's thank him. Let us thank him. Let us thank him. Giving thanks, Father in heaven, we thank you for bringing us onto a brand new month. We thank you for your, for your providence and for your grace that keeps preserving us. We thank you for your mercy. For the Bible says that, for it is by His mercies that we have not been consumed. Father, we thank you. Be thou exalted in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as we sit down to take your word, I ask that you grant me all chance to speak your word in your name of Jesus. That I am, that I am, that I am effective as a communicator to your people in the name of Jesus. That your people would also understand the message in the name of Jesus. We give no misinterpretation in the name of Jesus. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer in the name of Jesus. Declare for answering this prayer. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Hallelujah. May be seated. So, I'm going to take a series. And this series will last from now to some Sundays that would eventually enter into the new semester. Hallelujah. And the topic is dominion through righteousness. Dominion through righteousness. Dominion through righteousness. So, here is the outline of the sermon of the teaching I'm going to be taking. Today, I will focus on God's desire. I will focus on God's desire for today. God's desire. Then, if we still have time, we'll look at the fall and the effects of the fall. That, we also take that next week. The fall and its effects. Are we, are we there? I'm too fast. Okay. So the next one will be God's restoration agenda. God's re- restoration agenda. God's restoration agenda. Just as all the political candidates are having one kind of agenda for Nigeria, God also has an agenda for us and for his creation. God's restoration agenda. And then we'll wrap up the someone with living in righteousness. Living in righteousness. Living in righteousness. Hallelujah. So, I'd like for us to check 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. 1 Peter 3 verse 15. I want to ask if I want to ask us a question. That's why I want to bring out this scripture. 1 Peter 3 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear and be ready always to give an answer to every man that has taught you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear hallelujah now there's something about the christian faith that most people don't usually consider and that is that when you come when we say that we have faith in god aside from seeing the wonders the signs the miracles that god has provided unto his people generously there's also a part of faith that is, in, that is intellectual. Hallelujah. There's also a part of faith that is rational. 
There's also a part of faith that is logical. There's part of faith that is intelligent. So, most times, when people usually say they have the faith in God, they have faith in God, their reasons for believing in God is basically because God has God wants to heal them, or God gave them money, or God gave, gave them a wife, or God gave them all those kind, all those little little items that we ask, that we know God is that we know God is capable of doing. But somebody should now ask you a question about the Christian faith, about the birth of Jesus, about his death, about why God is the way he is, about why God decided to save us, about, about why God about why God killed some people, about why God allowed for the provision of hell. Many Christians, many Christians cannot answer that question. They cannot answer those questions, rather. Hallelujah. And the troubling reality is that if you cannot answer those questions, if you do have a rational basis for your belief in Christianity, then there is an issue. Because at the end of the day, you want to evangelize to people. These are the questions that people are going to ask you. Hallelujah. These are the questions that people are going to ask you. Yes, we want the signs and wonders. Yes, there's a part of that. The Bible says that the Greek, the Jews, they seek a sign. When they went, most of the times when they went to meet Jesus, they were like, Augusta, come and show us a sign. Come and show us your mirror. Come and show us your power. And, so, and most times, Jesus did not answer them. But Paul said that there is a sort of people called the Greeks that seek the wisdom of God. So if the wisdom of God is not available, they cannot believe God. And some of us are like that too. Whereby, we have some questions about God that we want to ask, but no one has been able to provide those answers. If we ourselves will not be able to get to those answers. And this kind of and the Christianity that practice in this country, in this part of this country, is the kind of Christianity that somebody will have a question about God. Like, who made God? Or, what, or why is God the way he is? And you come and meet your daddy, or your mommy, or your pastor, and they're like, you cannot question God. Because God is who he is, or God cannot do some. Or you cannot. You're not. In, you're not in the position to ask those questions. You, you're not in the position to ask those questions at all. Hallelujah. How many of us as little children used to ask our parents all those questions? All of us should be able to have done that now. And what do your parents tell you? You, you don't need to. Ask, you don't need to answer. But think of it. You know that some people, because their parents could not answer them properly, they eventually slipped away from the faith. And they, and they, they ended up becoming agnostics and atheists and all. Or because they had the wrong understanding of God. Hallelujah. The time is going to come in all our lives where our reasons for believing God, not just, not just the power, the wisdom behind it, is going to be a demand on, upon it. So what if, so let's say five to ten years down the line, you have a child, you get married, you have a child, and your child asks you those questions that you're asking your parents. How can you answer those? How can you answer their questions? Hallelujah. And God has so ordained that your tree, that any child, any child that is here today cannot really get God without asking from their parents, without getting from their parents. So if their parents are faulty when it comes to understanding God, there's a change effect that's going to happen. And eventually you have a generation that did not know God. You remember the book of Judges where it was said that there was a generation that did not know God, that they could not teach God to their people. Yes, it's, it's, it's a reality that is beginning to come upon us right now. And many of us are here today because we ourselves, we have questions to ask. So please, I encourage you to ask your questions. I, I encourage you to, to not retain that wonder for God. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Be curious. Be curious to know why things are, like, are the way they are. God has left enough of himself for us to know. I know God is mysterious, yes. But God has left enough of himself for us to know, for us to understand, for us to actually search through and observe. So the onus is on us to go after him. Are we together? Hallelujah. So that is why we are taking this teaching that we are taking. So, <clears throat> so there are some of us here that as the teachings unravel, some of the questions that we have been asking ourselves, we may be able to, we be, we may be able to answer them. Now, if you have such questions, see, please, I invite you to come and meet me. Or Sister Kendi, she's your Bible study coordinator. So she's able to, God has given her that grace. If you have questions that relate to Christianity, please feel free to come to us. Look at that scripture there. Always be ready to give a, re- always be ready to give a reason to people that ask, to the people that ask it of the faith that is in you. That means that God wants you to have reasons for serving him. Why, why, are you, why, why are you actually a Christian? Why are you a believer? What is your reason for being a believer? That's what God is saying. 
once you have that, you should be able to actually provide it unto others as well. Hallelujah. We keep praying for revival. We keep praying that God should make his power available unto us, that his hand should be stretched forth to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to do all those wonders. It is true, it is true that we want that. It is good that we want that. But we should also pray for the wisdom of God to come upon the territory. Hallelujah. It is the, it is the power of God that will make a man that was once sick to become healed. But it is that wisdom of God that will sustain that healing. Hallelujah. When a man captures the wisdom of God, he'll be able to maintain that healing. So there's a need for us to go to our secret places and ask God those questions. Don't, don't let them die. Please don't let them die. And say God help us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So let us go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. We'll start our teaching from there. God's desire. Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, let us remain there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, the person that wrote the first book of the Bible, Moses, he said that God created the heavens and the earth. A lot of us, every human being, has always had in him the question that, the question of how everything that is here came to be. That is why science exists today. Science exists to actually search through and to discover all those answers to the, to the processes of life and the things that go on in modern day society. So all of us here, we are curious by default. God created us to ask questions. And Moses came up, came, Moses came on this, onto the scene and he said that God created the heavens and the earth. The reason why I could say that was because in those days, and even now, there were many, many beliefs and ideologies and principles and philosophies that had different notions and beliefs thought, and schools of thought as to how the earth came to being. Some religions believe that this place now came because many gods started having some fights, some gods had some issues, some gods entered into some wars, and pa 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 pam, we got to where we are today. Even the even even the religion of the Yoba people, they have their own belief as to how the God as to how the world God created. Hallelujah. Every religion has that belief that somewhere along the line, this planet came about because of some supernatural activity. But where those religions diverge from Christianity is that the Lord himself, when he created the heavens, he created the heavens because he was thoughtful of man, because he had a role for humanity to play. Hallelujah. God, didn't create, God did not create us as an afterthought. God did not create us like as though he was once drunk and then maybe just created the world and he was like, ah, what shall I now do? What can I do for this place? What can I do? How can I make this world lively? They just thought of adding men. No. He created this planet because he wanted us to be there. Hallelujah. He created this planet because he wanted us to be there. Many religions have a very, very dim view of humanity. And you see it in the way they, you see it in the, in the sense that they demand human sacrifice, sacrifices. They demand, they demand that those people that are serving, those adherents are doing some very crazy and some absurd things, some absurd things, just for them to serve their God. But if you go to Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17, the Bible says that God rejoices over you with singing. Let's go to that scripture. Zephaniah 3, 7, Zephaniah 3 17. No, 3 15. 15 to 17. The Lord your okay, Zephaniah 3 17. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Many people like myself used to believe that God was always ang- God is always angry with humanity. That God has some beef with us that he wants to collect. And that he always wants to beat people. I want, I, someone once said that, someone once told me that she, she thinks God to be a person that he, want, he will tell you not to do something. He will not wait for you to do that so I can punish you. Like a daddy that so that don't touch this, don't go, don't, don't go near this fire. And you yourself, because you have coconut head, you put your hand into the fire. And the father now catch you. And then he holds you and he spanks you. Hallelujah. But this is, not, this is not the Lord here. The Bible says he rejoices over you with singing. And why, why, why will you be singing? Why will he be singing? It's only because he's in love with you. Hallelujah. It's because he's in love with you. That's why he can sing over you. That is why he can boast over you. 
That is why I can boast about Job to Satan, to the devil. And that's why I can boast about everybody here, to the angels in the, to the, angels in the heavens. Hallelujah. So, when God created the earth, what God did was that God actually created the earth with humanity in view. Humanity is the crown of God's creation. Humanity is the glory of God's creation. Praise God. So the way God created the earth was that He just made provisions available so that when man will come upon, so that when man will come onto the scene, man will not have any need that was unmet. Hallelujah. If a couple should have a baby, or if a couple, if a couple should be expecting a baby, that like the mother is preg- like the wife is pregnant. Before that child comes, they would have done the budget. They would have prepared that budget. After preparing the budget, they will go and get baby food. They will get the coat for the baby to sleep, to sleep in. They will get um, formulas and clothes and baby wrapper. And what else? And diapers and cream. Eh? Eh? Baby oil. I, I, baby oil. I don't remember. I surely have a younger sister, but I don't know. I don't remember how she came about. So, yes. Yes, I was, not, I was not conscious then, so it's not really coming to mind. The point is that they have prepared ahead of time before that baby came. Before that baby came. Hallelujah. So, when God created the earth, the Bible says that God created the earth in six days. And as he made the heavens, what he did was that first he made, first there was light, then he separated the light from the water, then he separated the light, then there was the water, he separated the water from the land. Then there were the animals that were formed, the plants that were formed, all those things. God was doing it because he wanted man to come and enter the sin. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's like a man that wants to enter into a house. That has that, it's like a man that has a vision that he wants to live into a house. The first thing that we do is to get money. After getting the money, we go, go and get an architect to draw up the building plan. Then, he, then the architect will do the, draw up the plan. And whatever vision the man has, the architect will actually implant it onto that building. So if the man has needs, he would have already considered it into the building. And then when they build it, it's very, very nice. And the man cannot settle, settle in there for his own comfort. So it should be that that man, if, that, if anything is lacking in that house, it's because the man did not think well or did not plan properly. Hallelujah. Are we getting it? So when God created the earth, God planned for our arrival. Praise God. God planned for our arrival. Everything that is here today, he planned that we needed, he planned that we would have need of it. So that is why you are here today. Praise God. Praise God. Yes, he planned for our arrival. And, and, and the reason why I could do this is because he wants us to actually do something for him. Praise God. And it is because, that, and it is because God has a reason for us being here. And what is that reason? What is the reason? Let us go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 25 to 27. No, verse 24 to 26. Verse 24 to 26. Then God said, Let the earth be for the living creature according to his kind, cattle and cupidin, and the beast of the earth, each according to his kind. And it was so. The next verse. And God made the beast of the earth according to his kind, cattle according to his kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to his kind. And God saw that it was good. The next verse. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea let them have dominion over the birds of the air let them have dominion over the cattle over all the eggs and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth hallelujah side note some of us were afraid of snakes chickens dogs bees and all those other dangerous animals cockroaches but look how the Lord is saying here. Let them have what? Dominion over all those things. So they cannot, so they cannot, so they cannot enjoy you. Hallelujah. Amen. They cannot enjoy you. I'm actually very serious. They cannot enjoy you. They are laughing. They cannot enjoy you, say. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord told Noah that he has placed the dread of man in every animal. So that is why, that's why, if, that's why if you see a goat or a snake, that snake will force one away from you. It's when you decide to do wasabi that things get, that things will happen. But normally, if you come in contact with you, it will, it will force move away. 
Praise God. So let us go back. So the Lord actually wanted us to rule over the fish of the sea and over all those things. The reason why the Lord wanted us to rule is because the Lord has made us to be his own representative. Hallelujah. The Lord made us to be his own representative upon the earth. So it means that as those animals interact with us, as yet interact and interact with us, what are supposed to see is that they're supposed to see God in us. So they are responding to the God that is in us. Hallelujah. If she's assuming she should have a dog now, and that dog should meet her, as, as that dog is relating with her, what the dog is saying is not just his assuming she, but the God that God has placed in her, the image that he has placed in her. Does it make sense? Yes. And the reason why God wants that to be is that God is a God that wants to rule. God is a God of dominion. God is a God that desires to rule over everything. Is that he's fixated on ruling, on having influence, on exerting his authority, and on living in power, on demonstrating that power. Hallelujah. I asked us a question that, do we read Revelation? And you, all of us are like, the book is too scary. See, if you read the book of Revelation, that's why you begin to realize that God's overarching desire is for him to actually have the, the, actually have the kingdom of the earth and the kingdoms of the, of the heavens to himself. In fact, I think there's one, there's one verse in that scripture that said that, now the kingdoms of the earth and of the heavens have become the kingdom of our son and of, our, of the, kingdom, the kingdom of our God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is God's desire. That everything upon this earth should become under his own dominion, under his own territory. But God is a spirit. And as a spirit, he cannot really do anything upon the earth without a physical medium. Hallelujah. Or can anybody see a spirit around here? Eh? You cannot see a spirit. You cannot see a physical spirit. Because this is not the habitation. It's when you get to heaven that you, be, that you see them live and direct. But your eyes have to be open spiritually for, the, for you to see them. Praise God. If you look through this, if you look through the, if you look through the Gospels, every time Jesus healed a man or delivered a man from a demon, the Bible never says anything of the demon having a, having a corporal form. He was always manifesting himself through that human being. Hallelujah. And that is because the demons, their structure is not, is not, is not competent for this place. So they, so they need human vessels, they need animal vessels, they need living things so that their influence upon the earth. So when God created the man, and the Bible says that God created man in his own image, the Lord made man to act as his representative. The Lord made man to act as his image. So he, he poured forth his breath upon them. That was why the Bible will say that um, and God poured forth his spirit, the spirit of the Lord entered the man, and then the man became a living soul. The breath of God came upon him. So every man has been designed to function with God. And through God, and with God in him. Are we together? Is it making sense? Yes. But if we are, but if I'm going to talk about dominion, we have to talk about leadership. Hallelujah. If we are going to talk about dominion, there is no way we can talk about leadership. Praise God. You know, I've been saying our statuses, and it's nice, really, when we, when we, when we talk about how we reign in our academics. Please, I want us to celebrate the academic unit. Yes, they've been using that, they've used the thing very well. We'll see the, we'll see those confessions and we get so jacked. And like, I win, I win again, hallelujah. But I want you to know something. Dominion is not complete without responsibility. Hallelujah. Dominion is not complete without responsibility. If you're not a responsible person, you cannot rule. If you're not responsible, you cannot rule upon this place. And let me give us a very simple illustration. Imagine you usually come late to class, you don't do your assignments, you don't have notes, you don't read. Is that responsible? So how can you rule in your academics? Eh? How can you rule in your academics? Will prayer even answer you? Hallelujah. Will prayer answer you? Okay, thank God. So if you're not responsible, you cannot really exert any authority upon this place. And for us to be responsible, it requires that we have to work. Hallelujah. Now, what is responsibility? Responsibility is basically 
a response. Notice the word responsibility. A response to the demands that have been placed upon your abilities. A response to the demands that have been placed upon your abilities. A response to the demands that have been placed upon your abilities. I've said this before. Responsibility is a response to the demands that have been placed upon your abilities. Praise God. And that's what leadership is about. It's about solving problems and trying to find out solutions to tackling issues in life. So, so now, we're having exams. And people, some people think that the university has trust issues with us. Oh well. The point is that they are giving you those exams to see whether everything, that everything, they, have, everything they have taught you over 11 to 13 weeks, whether you can actually present it in, in a comprehensive manner. That's the reason why. So they are so they, they, they have teaching you, they expect that you would actually have the ability to retain all the information that you have been receiving. And they expect that you should download it onto your answer sheet. Hallelujah. And whether there is light or there is no light, whether there is data or there is no data, it's not their business. Although, yes, we can feel pain about it, yes. We expect that they will make the conditions, the conditions conducive for us. But you are not does not send. So we don't have an excuse. We cannot complain. But the point is that whether, whether there is adversity or not, your examinations are basically a demand placed upon you to recount everything that you have been taught by your lecturer. So if you fail, what you are saying is that you are not responsible to continue with your course. Does it make sense? Hallelujah. Does it make sense? Praise God. If I should send a child to let me get something like granite now, I expect this to happen. I expect the child to understand what I'm saying. Go and buy granite for me. So I expect that I should hear, that I should be able to understand my language. Number one. Number two, that I should know wood. Because if he doesn't know the wood, I cannot send him out. I've been now. Number two. Number three, that I should know the person that I buy granite from and the type of granite I like. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number four, that I should be able to actually say the words to the vendor that daddy wants to buy granite. Number five, that they don't cheat him. That he knows the price of the granite. Number six, that he can come back to this house without eating my granite. Yes, now. I have to give my change too. Praise God. So why am I doing all those things? It's because I trust him. Hallelujah. Now, that child, that child, whether I like it or not, it may be seen as a problem. But because I'm trusting, that's why I can give him that kind of, that kind of responsibility. Hallelujah. Is it making sense? So, that's how, that's how responsibilities are. They are basically demands placed on us. And the reason why those demands are placed on us is because the person that places those demands on us, he trusts that we have the ability to actually bring them out, to actually respond appropriately to those issues. So if it is that you actually struggle, or if you are complaining, if you are complaining, you know what you are saying? You are saying that it's not in you to actually cause a change in that situation. It's not in you to actually solve the problem. And that's unfortunate. Praise God. You know how to think about this word. Nothing is impossible with God. That's why God cannot complain. Has God ever complained of anything? Eh? If God complains, it means he does not have power over the thing. If God is complaining about something, it means he cannot really do that. It means he cannot really solve that problem. In the same way, when you are complaining, it is because, it's because your power is inadequate. Because if you actually had the resources, would you complain? Hallelujah. You are saying country is that. It's because you are still in that state. There's some people that are really enjoying this country. And are not complaining. Even if they are complaining, it's because of people that are suffering. Not because of, not because of themselves. Hallelujah. So, so when we say we are responsible, it's it means that we are actually responding positively to the demands that have been placed upon us. And the person that places those demands is basically God. And that's how we should see challenges and trials and tribulations. Most of the time, we struggle to respond to them because we're like, God, why me? What did I do to you? What did I do to you now? I just want to avoid, I just want to, to dim my day and to enjoy myself and to just live the soft life. Soft life. But God is saying that, eh, I want to rule, Abby. Okay. But the reason why God can place those demands, 
can make you experience some very difficult situations that some people might actually struggle with is because he has because he believes that what he, what he has placed in you is big enough to actually address that situation so the question is how much of it are you willing to bring out we're talking about dominion hallelujah look at all the problems that are here do you know that if you actually studied how this world came to being you realize that the odds of god yes i say this the odds of god creating this edge they are against him and i'm very serious here there are many many scientific constants from the one of gravity to the one of the position of the earth in relation to the sun to all, the, to all those other factors like the um, oxygen contents to the nitrogen contents to the water demands that are just if one or two should just come like this you and i will be dust you will not be around just check it up and yet god managed to put everything into being and this planet has not really altered largely over a very long t- amount of time that shows that god is powerful hallelujah do you know that if this if the air that we breathe in now if he had too much oxygen you'll be seeing too many fires up and down do you know that and if the oxygen and if the oxygen content is too low all of us will be suffocating. It will not be enough for us to breathe in. In the same way, if the carbon dioxide content is too high, hey, it's like you are in a fire. This place will be too hot for us. Hallelujah. The point is that God is that detailed. And the reason why, and the reason why God made all this is because he believed in himself that he had the ability and the power to make it come to being. And the world has responded to him ever since then. Praise God. Praise God. So that's, that's the thing about responsibilities. The way the God created the earth is that he did not really, really, he, when he created the earth, then, the Lord allowed many problems to exist just for you to be here. So that's why you are relevant today. Do you know that? That's why you are relevant today. But we'll, go, we'll, we'll get to that shortly. So that is why we are, that's why, that's why we are supposed to rule. When we are ruling, it's basically us exhibiting responsibility that we are responding to the demands that have been placed upon us and we are doing it adequately and appropriately and because we are responding properly God does not really need to do anything upon the earth hallelujah let's go to Genesis chapter 2 Genesis chapter 2 have you been blessed? yes, I'm just, this is just the foundation I'm taking my time to talk about this because next week we will head into departed territories 2 verse 1 2 verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. Verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the works which he had done. Verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it, he rested from all this work which God had created and made. Now, the Bible says that God created the earth in six days and on the seventh day he rested some people believe that god created the earth in literal 24 hour periods now but this seventh day it has not ended so if god created the earth in six consecutive days 24 hour days then that means that god shall actually finish resting too on the seventh day does it make sense hallelujah but God rested on the seventh day and he had not stopped resting. So it means that those creation days, we really cannot explain how long the process took, but it was six creation days. Because if you look at, let me go there. But the point is that God created the earth in six creation days and on the seventh day he rested. And on that seventh day, that seventh day, that seventh day has not ended yet. And what did God rest from? From creation. Hallelujah. God rested from creating. Look at it. From all his work which he had created and he had made. That means that everything that God did in Genesis 1, he is done with it. So he's just enjoying himself, resting. So it means that the way God created the earth, that if any issue should come about, he will not really need his intervention there. Because he had finished resting. That's why the Bible can say that he, he, he um, that's why the Bible can say that and God saw that it was good because there was no need for him to continue working. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So, God's seventh day of rest 
was the day we started working. That was, that was when we entered into the sin. And we started doing our own work. That was, that was, that was our own first day. Our, our day of work is God's day of rest. And so that's why God is work, that's why God is resting now. God is resting now because all of us are here doing his work. And he has passed that creative ability, he has passed it down onto us. Because if you look at um, the first one that God gave man, the Bible says that God brought every living animal, every living thing to man for them, for him to name them. To name is actually part of the creative ability of anything. Hallelujah. So when God, so when God made Adam name all those animals, God was saying that I have put in you the ability, the wisdom and the insight, and the vision to actually, to actually capture what this animal is supposed to do on this planet. So just name them for me. Praise God. They are here today because God is resting. So if they are calling God to do your own work for you, there is an issue. Because it means that you are not working. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you are calling God to do your own work, then why are you living? Why are you on this planet? It means that the reason why God made you to do your work, you are not doing it. You are not fulfilling your purpose upon this planet. But more on that later. So, God made us to, to exercise our dominion. And that is why it's resting now today. That's why it's resting now. So, God is not really, really involved in anything creating. As a matter of fact, the way God made the earth was that every single animal, Every, every living thing, he puts in a system of multiplication in the sense that that thing can multiply after its own kind. If you read Genesis chapter 1, it was saying that he gave the, he gave the, he gave the, he gave the herbs the power to, multi, to reproduce after that kind. Same thing for the animals, same thing for man himself. All of us here, God didn't create us from the, from the ground, from the dust. I hope you know that. Hallelujah. God didn't have to go and check, go and use the sand or the ground or the dust and create a new boa for Labi or create Sister Diola or create myself. He simply used our mom and our daddy. Why? Because he gave them that system of multiplication. And, and if I have dominion mandate, be fruitful and multiply. So if they decide not to do anything, you will not be here today. Praise God. Praise God. So, the reason why God, so the reason why God created, gave us that um, creative agency is why we can think of building societies, building civilizations, writing books, recording songs, building buildings, birthing nations, doing, uh, making, creating businesses and companies and many, many innovations and instruments and the likes. It's because God has given us that ability, that dominion ability to do all those things for him. And, and that's why God can give us many ideas and many visions. It's because he has placed in us those abilities. And most of the time, when we get those things done, they are usually done in difficult or challenging periods or in demanding situations. Just as we are now, we are in now, in this university, our, with our exams. Praise God. So God made man to rule upon the earth. And when man was supposed to but a man could do whatever he wanted to do based on what he received from the Spirit of God. So that's a lot of control and power. Because in essence, God made the man the king of this planet. God made the man the god of this planet. Nothing would have, nothing supposed to happen on this earth without man's knowledge and consent to it. Praise God. Nothing is supposed to happen upon this planet without man being aware of it at all. That's why the Bible can say that Lord will not do anything without him informing his prophets. Praise God. Are we, are we getting something? So, that is the thing about it. But then, we know that power has the ability to corrupt. Any man that is in power today. Some of us now are very, some of us we are humble. But when we get onto high positions, that's when, that's when some things can begin to come into play. Like pride, arrogance, greed, humility, and all those other things. It's because you're not be touched with power yet. Power can corrupt. And power can make somebody very, very difficult to be corrected to. Praise God. So what God did was that when God told man that you should know it from the tree of, from this fruit, from this tree, eh? God was trying to make that man accountable to himself. God wanted that man to, to be wholly dependent upon himself. That's what God wanted him to do. Almost done. God, that's what God wanted him to do. 
But the way God wanted him to go was that man should submit to God through love and not by force. Because God did not really, God did not, God did not give, God did not give many forceful demands upon him. Just like do this, and this will happen to you. God wanted man to, to submit by love. To submit by love. God will never force a man to do anything. He will never do, he will never do such a thing. It said in the book of Exodus chapter 21 that if a man should have a slave, and after three years, the man should release that slave. But if the slave decides that I love my master, I love my wife, I love my kids, and I want to serve this man with my heart, then that man will receive, that man would have his ear to will have his ear to be pierced with an owl. And, and that man would serve the master for life. That is how God wanted us to serve God. In the sense that we were to serve him willingly without any force, without God denying anything from us. Many people now, they are serving God because of money, because of fame, because of prestige, because of relevance, because of attention, because, of, because they want God to give them a wife, because of money and children. Now, do you know that Adam had everything there? Adam had everything. Adam had a wife. Adam had food. He didn't have supper. Adam had food. Adam had work. Adam had relevance. There was absolutely nothing that Adam had that God did not give him. So, well, all, the, all our own prayer point, all the prayer point that we're making to God now, Adam had everything. God gave him everything without any issue at all. And Adam still fell. So what God wanted, so what God wanted to do, what God wanted Adam to serve him willingly from the heart, just like all of us now. If God should answer the God should answer you all those prayer points that you have been making. Would you still serve God? Would you still be with Him? If God, if God allows you to travel, you that have been praying to travel, will you still be with Him? Or you forget about Him? Hallelujah. Would you forget about Him? If God should give you that business that you have been clamoring for, that, that, those number of Instagram followers that you have been seeking after, that visibility that you want, would you still serve Him? Or you just forget about him. He desires your love. But he wants you, he wants you to submit unto him. Praise God. And that was what God wanted us to do. God wanted us to actually submit unto him willingly with a heart of love. He provided every single thing for Adam. There was no need for Adam to depend on God. There was absolutely nothing for him to do. But yet, Adam made that mistake, unfortunately. And that's rather tragic. And, and we entered into the mess that we're in presently. Hallelujah. So I've spoken a little bit on God's desire. And that's that God wanted us, God, when God created the earth, God created the earth with humanity in view. I wanted it to be that humanity will continue the work of creation and he will just rest. So next week, I'm going to look at the fall and the effects of that fall upon the planet. So, before then, I would like for us to read Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3, and Genesis chapter 4. You read the first four chapters of Genesis before we get to next week. And if you can study them so, praise God, if you can also study them. And I say, God of us in Jesus' name. Let's rest our feet.
Okay, I have two prayer points that I'd like for us to make. Now, I said that nothing is supposed to happen upon this planet without our consent and our knowledge. That means that this planet now, with the way things are going, you are you and I, we are complicit in it. Hallelujah. What do I mean? I mean that if this planet is moving in the right direction, we are responsible for it. In the same vein, if it is moving in the wrong direction, we are also guilty by position. Hallelujah. Many times, if a child is misbehaving, you saw that it's mother's responsibility. See, it's, it's both the, the daddy and the mom. They are both guilty. And most of the time, we believers, we usually say that, we usually say that God will help this world. When we look at the way evil is just doing his own thing without any kind of restraint and all, we know that God should come and come, 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 and come, and come and God should come and do this, God should come and do that. We complain, we nag, we whine, and we, and we grumble, and we don't do anything. And our passivity, our inaction, eh? What is doing that is giving evil the opportunity to continue to do what he wants without any form of restraint. So I want us to pray that, oh Lord, under our watch, because the Lord has called us the salt of this earth and the light of the world, that under our watch, this world will not decay. You have the ability to actually make the world what you want it to be. You have the ability to project into the world what you want to see. But if you decide not to do anything, this world will just move into chaos, into anarchy, into catastrophe. So I also pray that, oh Lord, we pray that under this, under our time in this, that as long as we are in this planet, that this world will not decay. That you give us the strength and the wisdom to make this thing happen. That will not be said that we will leave this planet worse off than it was before we came. In the name of Jesus. 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 You're not praying. You're not praying. When, when fathers are misbehaving, when children are committing suicide, when children are killing each other, when accidents are coming, when, when this country is undergoing different kind of problems, it is because we are not moving. It is because we are not stepping forward to carry out our God-given responsibility. When we see premarital sex increase, when we see children enter into fornication and pornography, when we see when we see masturbation and all those sexual immoralities abound, when we see gambling, when we see when we see farming take place in society, it's because we are not doing anything. When we see decay and decadence in society, it's because we Christians we are keeping quiet. We are keeping quiet. We are keeping our mouths shut. We are not doing anything. Hallelujah. Let me give an let me give an example. So I think it was last week. The the founder of Mount Zion uh, Ministry, Evangelist Mike Bamiloye, he posted a very long um, post on his inter- Instagram handle, and he was very angry that many many um, act- that in the Hollywood industry that the actors and the actresses all they do is romance. They engage in what they're supposed to be doing in marriage. They're doing it outside of marriage. And it is providing platform for many, many, many things to happen. That some men have kissed some people, and that kiss has brought marriage spirit onto them. Isha was very angry. He was very angry. And I was talking about how, how decadent that industry has become. And for someone like myself, I cannot really work with this there. But then, yesterday, as I was praying, I was like, just keep your mind, I should just pray for I should just pray that God should just transform that place. Because me, I like I don't like watching movies. And furthermore, they've even made it work for myself. But the point is that if we keep on complaining, when we see evil, it doesn't really do it, it doesn't really change much. But when we decide to actually stand up and to and to, and to manifest our authority, whether it's by prayer or whether it's by entering into that place and taking action, then things are going to change. Many people are complaining of the politics in this country that Nigeria does not have any good leader, this and that. See, if you have the desire, go and enter into politics, we'll sponsor you. Hallelujah. Someone will say that be the detergent that will clean up the place. Yes. Maybe, maybe, your, maybe your anger, God wants you to challenge it so that you can actually make a change in that place. But because you're always complaining and complaining, you're not doing anything. So I want us to pray that, oh Lord, open our eyes to see where you want us to be relevant in. Oh Lord, open our eyes to see where you want us to actually function in. 
Open our eyes to see the evil that want us to actually remove. That, that in this industry, in this mountain, we will take, we will take it for you. You can rest, Lord, while we are here. You can rest, Lord, while we are here. You don't have to totally come down from heaven. You can rest while we are here. In the name of Jesus. 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 Evil should not continue while we are here. No. No. We can control it. Yes, we can control it. We can speak against it. We can act against it. No more should we be silent. No longer should we, should we be silent. In the name of Jesus, we speak against it. We move into it. We move against it. That is why we are here. That is why we are here to function. Why should things happen while we are, while we are being passive? No, 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 no. It should not be the case. It should not be the case. It should not be the case. After all, that is why we win. How can you, how can you say you win if you don't have any power to make any, any situation change? How can you say you win if you cannot really, if you cannot really make power available? What is the essence of your winning? What is the essence of your kingship? What is the essence of your loyalty? Of your loyalty? Kings make things happen. Kings should decrease, and when those decrees are passed out, they become rules. They become reality. But if you are the that just keeps on doing anything, that keeps on doing nothing, now how can you are you a king? That is impotency, lack of power, lack of manifestation. It is not saying we are supreme. Lastly, hmm. remember I said that God wants us to be accountable because man is not designed to contain power. Hallelujah. If you look at this world now, many, many times, many leaders, they usually fall at all those baby positions. It's because they can't control it by themselves. They need a measure of accountability. That's why, that is why we usually have dictatorial governments abound in society. Man cannot control it. Man cannot control his administration of power. So it needs to be kept low. It needs to be grounded. It needs to be grounded because of pride. When pride comes, comes upon a man, many things can happen. Hallelujah. So before God can, before you can get to where you want to get to, God has to trust that you will be kept humble. God has to trust that that pride that is in you, he will remove it. And that is very difficult. It is difficult for a man to be kept low. It is difficult for a man to be made low. So I want us to pray that, oh Lord, any trace of pride in me, Lord, remove it. Lord, remove it. Oh Lord, remove it. Any trace of pride in me, this should be our daily prayer. It should be a regular prayer. Any trace of pride in me, Lord, please remove it. Lord, please remove it. The Bible said the Lord resisted the proud. Hey, the Lord resists the proud. It's not the devil that fights against the proud man. It's the Lord himself that will contend against the proud man. Regardless of your achievements and your accomplishments, once the Lord sees that there is pride in your heart, and there is pride locking them in, he will fight against you. He will contend against you. So I want to pray. Maybe, you're, maybe you have become so successful in your academics that it begins to get into your head. I tell you that, huh? You might own failures enough to actually make your head become correct. So pray, 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 pray that Lord should actually take away all vestiges of pride away from your heart. Away from your heart. Away from your heart. In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh Lord, we ask that you conquer us. Oh Lord, we ask that you conquer us. That you conquer us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we are still praying. As I close, I want to say this. Think of any, think of any big thing that you have seen in society. Whether it is gaming, because I like playing games. Whether it is gaming, whether it is food, whether it is partying, whether it is, um, whether it is artwork, whether it is books, whether it is, whether it is the movie, whether it is the movie, movie industry. You will find that most of the time, there are people that want to make those things perverted. Hallelujah. Now look at it, Superman now. I liked Superman when I was young. But now I cannot watch him or read about him because I mean that he's, bis- he's bisexual. That he likes men and he likes women. Praise God. Those people that are doing those things, they, what, what, they, they, are, what they, are, they are exercising their God-given dominion. But they are doing it in the wrong way. You can step up and actually say no to those things by actually producing the, the countermeasures against it. 
the internet now we see pornography we see we see all kinds of, of negative and perverse activities there why will christians start taking positions to go against those things when you call yourself a tech bro and you take sis and you don't have anything about god in what you are doing why not there is it because you want to make money that's why you tell your focus you're making graphic designs but there's nothing about god in it come on come on come on come on god has called you into the into the hospitality industry into the part of the industry that where they are always doing parties and celebrations up and down and in your hand you're seeing that they are carrying all shirts that they are dressed indecently and you don't have any you don't have any issue with it why are you now there why are you now there what is the essence of your living there God has called you to the fashion industry. And you see women and men dressed in dressed indecently. When when skipping dresses up and down. And you are calm about it. You are calm. You see people wear dresses that they talk about the de- reference to the devil. How are you? Why are you, why are you calm about it? Woe to them that are his in Zion. Woe to them. Woe to them. Father, we thank you for today, Samuel. We thank you, we thank you for everything that you have said unto us. We ask that these truths become reality in our hearts in the name of Jesus. That we are sponsored to do in the name of Jesus. No, no longer will we complain in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, I pray that in this generation, that you that you that you raise men and women that are not just, that are not passive in the name of Jesus. You raise men and women that will not be passive in the name of Jesus. That are given to doing what you want to what, what you want to do in the name of Jesus. That can search their father, Father, rest because I'm here in the name of Jesus. That can search their father, Lord. You just go and sit down. I'm here. Don't worry. We will handle this matter for you. In the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, we pray. That under our watch, evil will be restrained in the name of Jesus. Under our watch, the violence that we, that we keep on seeing, it will be taken away in the name of Jesus. Under our watch, Satan will be, suffer, will be frustrated in the name of Jesus. Under our watch, Satan will be frustrated in the name of Jesus. Satan will run out of ideas in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we are afraid. Father, I pray. For anybody that may have the desire to, to, to walk in your will, I ask that you give them the strength in the name of Jesus. For anybody that have uh, been receiving the visions of what you want them to do, but, but it's somewhat scared or timid. It's, we know that your, your, your plans and visions, they are big. We know that's why you are God. Because your, your, your thoughts are bigger than what we can think. Oh Lord, I pray that you give them the grace. I give them the mindset to actually accommodate it in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let it be said that we are we were once good and faithful servants in the name of Jesus. Take a look for answering this prayer. For Jesus' name we are afraid.